Hey there, beautiful. You are in for a treat. This is a candid and casual conversation um, with my friend and business coach, Dr. Tracy Timberlake, lovingly known as Dr. TT. We're having a good time. You know, Dr. TT talks fast. I'm talking fast. Feel free to slow it down or to speed it up if you want to. But we're having a great time talking about the reality of, you know, finding your happy, right? Whatever that means for you. Um, the journey through going to school and um, working for someone else and recognizing your talents and being bold enough and brave enough to step out there and do it on your own, start your own business, follow your heart, follow your mind, whatever it is that makes you happy. This is what we're talking about. And Dr. TT and I go into several personal stories to help you see how we did it so that when you're ready, you can do it too. We also talk about the challenge that uh, Dr. TT had with allowing herself to open up and be ready to receive love as a truly busy woman and a woman on purpose, right? Sometimes we think that uh, the problem is outside of us when in reality, it is us who is standing in our way. So have a great time with this episode. I would love to hear your feedback. If you like it, please like it, please share it and feel free to leave a review. But enough about that. Let's go ahead and get started. See you inside the episode. Welcome to the Happy Executive Woman's Podcast where women just like you learn how to navigate your work, home, and love lives with confidence and calm, all while being in command of your emotions. Here's your host, Coach Anita Charlo. Have you taken my free video training, Can He Handle Your Grind? Girl, what are you waiting for? It is not just for single women. It is also for women who are already in a relationship or married. Head on over to the show notes to access the training. Once inside, you will understand why you can't seem to attract the right one or how you woke up one day and realized you married the wrong one and what you can do about it. Be sure to bookmark the page once you get to the video training so that you can go back to it whenever you want. Okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Happy Executive Woman podcast. This is my first time interviewing someone for the podcast as a guest. So I decided that I was going to have my bestie, my business coach, Dr. Tracy Timberlake. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be the first, you know, interviewed podcast episode. Yes. <laughs> I am so excited to be here. So for those of you that may or may not know, if you follow me on social media, then you know that I'm always sharing things um, that Dr. TT is doing. We lovingly call her Dr. TT. <laughs> and um, I'm always sharing because Dr. TT basically changed my life, right? I've been an entrepreneur or a dualpreneur for over 20 years, and I was always doing everything you know, haphazardly doing this here, grabbing this there, following this new shiny um, uh, software to this side and that side. But um, 
I was introduced to Dr. TT's platform program, which was a mind blowing experience. It put me on the path. It got me together. It helped me to organize not only my thoughts, but my business. And I've been using what I've learned. Now it's been three years. It's been three years. Yeah. I've been using, I'm still using what I learned from Dr. TT three years ago. So Dr. TT, what I want to, what I want to share with the listeners today is like where, where it all started. Like you didn't start out as a business owner. What was your journey and how did you embark upon, how did you get to where, where you were then to where you are now? Right. So my journey began as most journeys begin, which is, you know, if you grew up in the same type of era where education was kind of, you know, the dominant factor, you, you, you get an education, you get a job and then you stick with the job. Um, you know, because that's what our parents knew and that's what society told us. And so that's what I did. And I, you know, went to school and then got another degree. And then I worked at a university for, um, well, I, after college, I, I kind of bopped around a little bit. So I did corporate and I was like, this is not for me. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. corporate, corporate, like high rise corporate. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's not really for me. And then I did nonprofit work. Cause I was like, cause I was like, well, maybe that's, that's the thing that feeds my soul. And I love the work that I did there, but it still wasn't it. And then I moved into higher education. And so I worked in higher ed for almost 10 years. But in that time frame, you know, I just kind of settled on, I know that there's something else for me. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work my window and I'm going to be here and I'm going to be present. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while I was working along those, t- along that time, YouTube kind of popped into my experience. And this is back in 2010, right? So where YouTube, it was kind of relatively new. And there were a mm-hmm. lot of people who were making these YouTube videos just about like their lives or this is my dog. This is my bedroom. Here's how right. I decorate. You know, mm-hmm. um, no one was making money. Everyone was just doing it for fun. And people would ask me questions all the time about my hair, about my skincare, about my makeup, like all those things. And I was like, well, you know what? Let me just make a YouTube video on this because then people will stop asking me and I can right. just direct them all to the thing. <laughs> Um, and so I made my first YouTube video. It was bad. I mean, it's not, wasn't good, but like at all, um, but that's okay because, you know, we all start somewhere and right. uh, I did the best I could with what I had, which was like a little, you know, point and shoot camera. Right. Um, I didn't have a tripod, didn't know any of that. Like, just was like, I'm going to set it up on like a stack of books and I'm just going to start talking to this camera. Yeah. Um, and I made my first video and then, you know, I was like, oh, that's not bad. And people started engaging with it. And then I made another video and then another video and then that, and it became like something that I was just doing regularly. So now we're looking at 2011, um, 2012 is when I really kind of got into it. And that's when I, my channel became monetized, right? So I got a whole bunch of subscribers, tons of video views at that time. And YouTube's like, Hey, you know, let's monetize your channel. At that time, um, you, you had to be like selected, like everyone wasn't monetized. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I was like, Oh, this is great. Like, I didn't know that I could make money. Now granted, no one was like rolling in the dough, making YouTube, like monetized videos, but it was something right. A couple of hundred dollars a month, just for me talking about things I liked. I was like, this is great. Right. (laughs) Um, And then I was still, you know, that sort of became kind of another job because then the influencer world happened, right? So people started contacting you, brands started contacting me. Hey, can you make a video on this? Hey, we'll pay you. So I was making, I started to make better money on YouTube, but I still had my nine to five job working at the university. So Mm -hmm. I was working like essentially like 
two 40 hour work dualpreneur. Mm-hmm. Right, dualpreneuring right. it mm-hmm. as a personal brand. And then also as, you know, what I was doing at the university and it was 2015 at this time. And I was like, okay, this is exhausting. Like something's got to give because I was working at the university. I wasn't making enough money at, with YouTube stuff and mm-hmm. brand stuff to like replace my income. But I was like something, cause I'm exhausted. And I remember, um, I remember that day. And then it was very soon after that, that I discovered the online coaching world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, well, I feel like I've been doing this already. Like, I feel like, because yeah. I was like, people were asking me questions. People were, you know, wanting me to consult on their personal brands. I was like, I'm doing this already. Uh, I didn't know I could get paid for it, but that's great. Right. And then, so that was the fall of 2015. And then 2016 is when I started my coaching business. And then May of 2016 is when I, uh, I turned in my resignation at the university. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love this story. Right. I love this story. I know you talked about uh, your YouTube videos and how you, you prop the camera up on the books. And I mean, I think that's that's great because people often think that you have to start like with this big thing. Right. You have to start having the greatest camera equipment and the greatest tripod and you have to spend thousands of dollars on all these classes. And stuff. You just started with your you know, point and click camera on a stack of books. Mm -hmm. And so the best thing that, you know, we, we talk about, even as coaches, like, just do it, just get started, just do it. You got to start somewhere. You grow as you go. Like you you cannot, like if on day one, you are as perfect as perfect can be, then where do you go after that? Yeah. Right. So you have to start where you are. Right. Definitely start where you are. And then as you, you can tweak things along the way, right? Even if you don't know what you want to do, some people say, well, I really don't know what I want to do. Well, what is it that you like? What is it that interests you? Right. right? And, and then, oh, it. yeah, just get started. And it, you can always change your mind. You, you have the option to change your mind, mm-hmm. especially if you're a dualpreneur and you're still in, you know, the work environment. Right. This isn't you still some, have that as an income base. Right. So, yeah. You still have that. So you said that you walked away. What, what was your final, what was the decision or what was the, the catalyst that (laughs) now I had no intention. I was getting my doctorate at the time the university was paying for it. So I really had no intention of like rushing myself out of the door because I'm like, it's free tuition. Right. So like I had no intention of leaving. Like there are some people who are like, I'm trying to get out of my nine to five as quickly as possible. And I mean, I was, but I was like, I still have, you know, Um, that was 2016. So I was like, I still have like a year and a half at least of school, like that I would love for them to pay for, (laughs) you know, um, but what started to happen and this happens as you expand is, you know, there's the people around you start to just get very strange. Like I had had a YouTube channel. This is, we're talking 2016. Mm -hmm. Everyone in the building knew that I had a YouTube channel. So, and I'd had the YouTube channel for at least five years. They knew it. They were okay with it. It was fine. Cause I wasn't talking about anything that had to do with you know, the legal education system, which is I worked in a law school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, so when I started to like really, you know, build my business doing webinars, I don't think that I've actually shared this story publicly. So you get it here first, here, here first. Um, <laughs> An exclusive. Yes. Right. Exclusive. Right. Uh, so when I started to do webinars and stuff like that, and, and, you know, I was, m- my boss at the time was, you know, she was a Facebook friend. So she was seeing all the things that I was doing, but she had seen everything like my YouTube channel. Cause I started my YouTube channel when I was working. Mm-hmm. So she's seen everything, but then there was an incident where, um, I received an email and I remember it was a Sunday. I was at a meeting at my pastor's house and, um, I received an email that I think I'm pretty sure was not for me, but ended up to me. Like mm-hmm. that was, 
you know, and it was, it, it was because it was about me, like, oh, do you see what Tracy's doing and all these webinars that she's doing and da, 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 and, and I was like, what? Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, because in my mind, it was like what I'm doing, because I was teaching YouTube at the time, like I was teaching how to make YouTube videos, which has yeah. nothing to do with what I did uh, lost right. like that. I was like, you have a whole marketing department, like, mm -hmm. whole, you know, because essentially the, the email was like, you know, she would never do that for us, even though she can. I'm like, because that is not my job. Like, you know, mm -hmm. again, whole marketing department, right down right. the hall. My job is not to make your YouTube videos. Um, and so I went in, that was Sunday. So I went in Monday and I, you know, when you go in, you see like all these recalled emails, like, you know, it was like, right, a right. and I was like, right. okay, I'm not playing this game. And because I have no problem, you know, bringing things to the table, I'm not passive aggressive. I called my boss. She was working remotely at the time. So I called her and I was like, yeah, so I got this email and it was a very interesting story. Cause it was like, she didn't have, she didn't know what to say. Like, yeah. it, it, like, I feel like she should have just been like, Hey, listen, I'm very I'm embarrassed that I sent that, you know, obviously I'm feeling some kind of like, just admit it. But she just, she, first of all, she told me that it was a diary entry. Okay. <laughs> started with do you see what Tracy is doing like <laughs> right, why would right. you write that in a diary entry and why would you send a diary entry in an email from right. your work email at that like it wasn't like a personal email your yeah. work email right so I'm like, I know okay so I'm like okay this is not a diary entry let me just start with that I'm not an idiot yeah. um however and she was like well you know you're just really good at what you do and I just feel like you're gonna leave and I was like well you didn't think I was gonna stay here did you like you <laughs> that um so that was like the first thing that was like, uh, that was maybe February of 2016. Right. Mm -hmm. So I like just did like, it was like my first webinar at that time. It wasn't even like, it was like my first webinar literally. Yeah. Um, and then like just a series of events after that, where I just was like, okay, like now it was like everything that I did, like was being watched. Like mm -hmm. just, I was like, I'm not. And I remember having this conversation, like I am not playing this game with you people. Like yeah. I'm not doing this. Like, I don't know what kind of issues you're having, but this sounds like a very personal problem and I'm just not playing. Like I'm not playing. And then one Saturday, um, I went in to my office. I'd asked for one of my, um, uh, like for one of the, the directors to give me a call and he didn't. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go. And I went to my office and I packed up everything. And then I, on that Monday, I was like, yeah, I packed up all my stuff. And so this is, I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Wow. So, so you left, um, cause I know some people would say, oh my goodness, you know, how could she leave? And she still had, you hadn't completed your doctorate. No, yet, I didn't. Right? I was like, listen, I, at that point when I left, I had launched my first program and made $8,000 launched my second program at that time and made like $22,000. And I was like, okay, I can do that. I'll just pay my own daggone tuition. It's not worth it. Like it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Like the stress involved, right. it wasn't worth it. And I knew that if I had more time to dedicate to my business, I would make more money anyway. So, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love this story. And that's when you shared your story, I believe you shared your story during the challenge, um, that I took before I signed up for your, what I like to call the PhD online <laughs> business development program. Right? right. I know that's what, it, that's not what it's called, but that's what it, that, that's what it was like for me. Cause I had taken a ton of, you know, business development courses and I worked with coaches before, but I never got the level of, of commitment. I never got the professionalism. And what I really enjoyed about it was that it was set up like it was actually a class, right? Meaning we had the syllabus and we had 
we knew what we were going to cover and we had like Christmas break and we had right. things to do over Christmas break. And mm-hmm. then we had, so it was, it was very well thought out, very well put together. And it was, it was very compact. Like we mm-hmm. crunched a lot yes, in those lot. six months, mm-hmm. but, and it was, and you weren't like, okay, well, if you've never done this before, you know, just read the, read the, watch the video over again. You were like, okay, listen, there are some of you in here who have taken, have done this before. And then there are others that haven't, this is your first time. You didn't leave anybody behind. Well, I didn't want to. So thank you so much for saying. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. I mean, it was, it was definitely something for me, having already been in business for over 15 years, 16 years at the time, it was like, wow, this is what I was missing. Like you don't really get this level of, of exposure to so many different things and to Mm -hmm. an actual, the actual coach of the class, right? Other people are like, you know, read the, I had one person that I know had gone through a coaching program with someone and she reached out and asked a question and the coach pointed her back to the PowerPoint. Yeah, (laughs) right. She said, it's in the PowerPoint. It's in the PowerPoint, right? And that's kind of what people are used to, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't like that with you. And so I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. This is exactly what I needed. And that was three years ago. And ever since then, I've been using, like we have lifetime access to the course. I continuously go in, like I forget my passwords. So I have to you know, <laughs> get a new password <laughs> every now and then. But I continue to go in and I remember these things. And if I have a question, I reach out. So I think one of the one of the things that I love about your story is that you started out as a dualpreneur and I, I brand myself as a dualpreneur, yeah. right? You know, I got one foot in corporate and I got one foot in the business as yeah. well as, you know, I think I may have other five other feet and five other different things, but you know, that's neither here nor there. I'm used to juggling yeah. a lot. Um, but what you give women is when you're, a, you're, you're like the, we can see you, we can talk to you when you're working with us in, in platform, when you worked with us, we knew you weren't just talking about what you did and what, Mm. you know, what you've done. We could talk to people who went and who was, who were in your previous classes. You know, we had guest speakers that came in and we, you were available. And I said this before, but I love the study halls. Yeah, everybody right? does. Because they I end up these conversations halls. that are just, you know, it's not always about business. Sometimes we're talking right. about our love lives, or sometimes we're talking about, you know, food that we're eating. It doesn't matter, but study halls are always really fun. <laughs> yeah, I love study halls. And even if you didn't have, like study halls were there for those that needed it. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like you had to come. Right. But if, um, if you showed up and you didn't have a question, you still learned a lot. Mm-hmm. by listening to other people who had yeah. questions. Right. And it wasn't a, you know, oh, well, that's great. Okay. Read this book, click this link, do this or that. You're like, no, let's share your screen. Show me. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were able to learn, you know, mm-hmm. at the same time. So that was, that was awesome. So for the other dualpreneurs out there or people, women who may not even be in the workforce right now, like we have a lot of women at, at this stage of the game where, who's, who are becoming empty nesters. And some of those yeah. women have been stay-at-home moms and now they're looking to do something. Not to mention the fact that because of the pandemic, we've all taken a closer look at, at ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, 
Mm-hmm. Am I doing what I really want to do? Right. Am I really happy? Is this fulfilling? Mm-hmm. And so for those women that are in that space of questioning where they are, what they should be doing, the fact that you found you're happy, how would you, what advice would you give to those women in terms of um, how they can find their happy? You know, I would say because, yeah, because of the pandemic and because of uh, people just really being for, I mean, not just the pandemic, but I think everything in 2020 from elections to dust bowls to wildfires to racial tension, I think it really forced us to, to look in the mirror and say like, you know, there, there are parts of my life that are not, are, are not fulfilling to me. Um, if you are in that space, I say like, go back to the drawing board there, you know, what I found to be true is that we really do know what we want. We really do know what we, what makes our soul sing. We just have learned to suppress it in favor of what society has told us is the version of success that we should be experiencing is the kind of life that we should be living. Right. But if you go back to yourself, right, you, you take a moment to just ask yourself, what do I want? What do I desire? It's in there. You just have to give yourself enough time and space to find it again, and then to admit to yourself that it's what you want. It's going to be scary. It's going to be um, uncomfortable because especially, you know, I talk about identity a lot. If you are so used to being one way and you've identified yourself, let's say you're so used to being um, an employee, which I say, you're so used to being an employee, trying to become an entrepreneur is very uncomfortable because you're just not used to that. That's not your paradigm. You don't Mm -hmm. have the identity of an entrepreneur. You've always lived one way and now you're going to do something else, right? If you've always been a mom, talking about empty nesters, you've always been a mom, you've always taken care of someone. And then all of a sudden everyone, like you're an empty nester because you're kids are now grown, right? You have to find a new, like, it's like, who am I now? Like for the last mm-hmm. several decades, I've just been a mom and now all my kids are gone. And what, like, who am I? Right. Right. It's the same principle of like, you, you have to define yourself uh, according to what you want to define yourself and not according to what you've been or the roles that you've played. So if you're looking to find your happy, um, I definitely say, go back to the drawing board, just ask yourself, journal through it. And then when you're journaling, if it scares you, that's probably the thing that you should do, but like start to dive deeper. Like, why is this so scary to me? Why are, why am I so apprehensive about this? And mm-hmm. really uncovering all of those things, but it takes time. Right. It takes time and it takes work, right? You have to do the work. So it's not going to, it's not going to come to you right away. And the first thing that you choose may not be the thing that you stick with, but you got to start somewhere, Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, you have so many different um, things that you're involved in and you're, I mean, you're such a dynamic person. I just love you to death. Um, One of the things that I really love about you is that you have a way of incorporating your faith into your business. Yes. Right. And tell, tell us a little bit more about, did you always do that? And if not, what gave you the courage to incorporate your faith into your business and talk a little about your, um, money mindset program too. Yes. So with regards to, you know, faith and like, putting my faith in my business because I am so connected to what I do. Right. Like, like I really consider, like, I don't consider it work. I just consider it me doing 
living my life like, and me mm-hmm. living my life looks like doing this, that I can't really separate who I am. And that's such a big part of who I am, right? When I'm telling stories, I have to tell them from that vantage point. When I'm teaching people and helping them to kind of move into another space, I have to do it from that vantage point. Now, 90 plus percent of my clientele come from faith-based background, but yeah, there are some people who are not faith-based, right? And so um, I just feel like when I'm authentic to myself and I'm, I'm doing it, like if they come into my programs or they want to work with me and they're not faith-based, mm-hmm. it's fine. Cause they already know what they're going to get. Like, it's not a right. secret, right? It's right. not like, I'm going to, I pretend like I'm like all, you know, not whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, I'm going to hit you with the Bible. Like, right. <laughs> and, and at the same time, like, I don't force people to believe in the Bible either. If, you know, I just go, this is, this is how I teach. Um, and I also use not, not just the Bible, but I think that God created everything. So I use universal law and principle. And, and we talk about things like law of attraction and, and really what the biblical principles are of law of attraction or law of correspondence or law of cause and effect. Right. Um, and then with money, how that came about was in, in the work that I've been doing, even before I became a coach, I was doing personal development work already. And um, the money conversation is a conversation that I had had multiple times in many different spaces in private. And I was having them with clients and I was having them you know, uh, with friends and understanding the biblical principles behind it, but also the energetic principles, like the quantum physics of money, the science of money and going, these actually work very well together. I don't know why we have learned such a fear based um, ideology around currency and around money. And so I started teaching that um, because I wanted people to recognize, you know, like the truth with a capital T about money versus, um, you know, lowercase t truths of what we have heard growing up, what our parents taught us, what our teachers taught us, what we might have learned in the church, especially because there's a lot of uh, misinformation being passed around based off of fear. And I wanted people to not not have a fear-based experience for themselves, but also like as they pass it down to their children so that maybe future generations wouldn't be stuck in the same places that we were stuck right. when we were coming up. Mm-hmm. And so your money mindset program, yeah, you created that in order to help yeah. others. Yes, I created, uh, it's something that people had asked me for, for so long. Like, when are you going to do a money class? When are you going to like, do you have a money class? Do you have a Bible study on money? Do you like, what do you have around this? And I was like, I have nothing. And, and part of it was because, you know, like, because you've been in platform, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, and even in challenges that I've done, it's very methodical, right? Like when I teach platform, it's something that builds on each other. It's very methodical. Right. It's like step one, step two. Whereas with money, it's like step one, but like step 1.5, but then you got to go back to like step zero. And then like, so it was always like jumbled up that I could never figure out what the best way to deliver the content was, mm-hmm. right? So in doing that, um, like, I just, I was like, okay, well, the best way to deliver that then is really just going to be to do it with me talking about in the same way that what people love the most, like in client sessions, when I'm talking about money and the way that I talk about money, it Mm kind of just rolls off the tongue. I don't have any notes. I'm not like, like go. And so I was like, well, maybe that's the class. Like I just sit and I just talk about money, no workbook, which is very rare for me. You know, I love a workbook. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, So no workbook, like just free flowing and talking. I mean, still methodical because I have to teach a certain way, but um, just really free flowing through the conversation of money so that people could have a different understanding. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I took, um, I took it last, the first time you, you did mm-hmm. it and it was, it was great. I still have the notes. I still, you know, refer to them all the time. Um, speaking of money, yep. 
I know, and I have been um, a part of the Flourish Media Conference. And I've also had an opportunity to be a guest blogger for Behind the Leaf. Yes, 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 you have. Yes. So share a little bit more with our listeners about um, your idea of community over competition and how that plays out with the Flourish Media Conference. Yeah. So I've always said that growth happens in collaboration. Um, if you want to go somewhere fast, you can go alone. If you want to uh, go far, you go with people, right? And so collaboration is, is always a part of what I do. It's always going to be kind of in the ethos of uh, my core values. And so Flourish Media is that, like the Flourish Media Conference. Uh, what we do is we uh, created this space for women to come and then pitch their businesses for um seed funding or angel investing or, you know, up to $15 million. We've reached back in our portfolios of connections that we've made and have a a wonderful amount of uh, support in that area of men, women, all kinds of people who are like, yes, I would love to make an investment. And then so people come, they pitch, and then they have conversations with our investors. So it's not a pitch competition. It's a pitch conversation. And that was a a big deal is like, we didn't want to just have one person win, or we didn't want people to feel like they were competing. Mm -hmm. We wanted people to feel like they were a part of something, a part of the economy, a part of growth, and that anybody could, could access this money if it made sense for the investors. Right. So, uh, yeah, like community and collaboration, um, is, is one of the things that flourish stands for. And that's why we, we do the conference in the way that we do that. Um, so that it doesn't feel like you're having to compete for a seat at the table. Cause we just feel like everybody should have a seat at the table. Everybody should get the chance. Everybody should have the opportunity. Right. And so the first time that you did this conference, what was the, um, what was the dollar amount that you had raised to, or you had people commit to, to yeah, so it's always, it's always been 15 million and we've had, um, you know, year after year, it's always been up to 15 million. Thankfully we have really great partners who are willing to contribute that. Um, we've had people pitch for 3 million. We've had people pitch for 800,000. We've had people pitch for 50,000, uh, you know, and 80% of the people that pitch end up getting some sort of funding, whether they get what they ask for some other type of funding. Mm-hmm. We've had people who have pitched, who've then gone on to shark tank and have had really great deals there because they got to practice their pitch in front of real investors. Those investors gave them, you know, in information and insight to be able to make it more attractive to investors. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like Creole essence, they pitched at the Flourish media conference in 2018, I think 2018. And then, um, they were on shark tank later that year and got a really sweet deal with Kevin O'Leary. Um, you know, you know, using some of the tools that they learned at the conference. So um, we're, we're always very excited about that. We have another person who uh, was at the conference this year and pitched, and she was just recently featured on uh, Jada Pinkett's Red Table Talk. So that was really fun for us to see. So we get to see like, you know, like the fruits of our labor that's just out there. <laughs> right. That's amazing. I remember going to the conference in 2019, mm-hmm. going to Flourish Media Conference, and I will be there in 2022. Yay. Yeah, we're really excited. We're already starting planning it now. So <laughs> yes, it is definitely, it's definitely an amazing event. You know, it's whether you're going as um, someone who is actually pitching or someone who is sitting in the audience, it's great to be there, like to see how things work. I thought it was really, again, once again, it's that personal touch, right? Mm-hmm. 
You could have, you know, investors. I don't know if after Shark Tank, the show, they sit down, the sharks sit down and and give feedback, you know, like nice constructive feedback Mm -hmm. other than being in your face. Right. Um, (laughs) But I don't, but that's what I saw. I saw that they were really invested in, they wanted to help. They wanted Mm -hmm. to invest in women-owned businesses. And that was awesome. Um, I had the opportunity to participate in uh, judging a mommy and me shark tank. I saw that. Oh, it was so cute. I had so much fun. But afterwards, we were able to give like the constructive, you know, feedback. And um, that was for me, that was amazing. So it was almost like I, I saw how it works from the being really supportive. I saw how that works at Flourish. And Mm -hmm. so then I was able to give that information or give that type of connection or um, commitment and response and support to the young ladies and their moms. So it was a lot of fun. We have, you have so many things going on. So we talked about, we talked about flat, flat form. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about platform. We talked Mm -hmm. about flourish. We talked about um, the money mindset. Um, we have talked about quite a few things, but what I want to know right now, because I don't, I don't want to keep you too long. I want to know what is it that you have? Tell our listeners what you have coming up, how they can connect with you. And, um, I mean, you've done a Ted talk. I could, I, I know your whole, you know, right, right, story. I, right, <laughs> right. I mean, what do I have going on right now? Um, well, I'm launching platform right now. So that opens up once a year, as you know, so that's yes. happening um, at this point, or it'll happen soon, um, at the end of this week, as I don't know when this will go out, but okay. At August, end of August is when I open up registration for about 10 days. Um, okay. in November, I'll put the link on the show notes page. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, in November, I have, um, a big event happening here where, um, Flourish Media is actually producing it. So a, a client of ours just really wants to have this really large event. So, uh, and Flourish Media gets to produce it. We, we recently had one on a yacht. It was a mastermind. And I, I talked about money mindset on the on the boat. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we had politicians and uh, professional athletes and Rick Ross was there and it was great. And then now we're doing a much larger event in Miami in November where I will be uh, co-hosting with Marlon Wayans. So that should be pretty fun and funny because he's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And John will be there. So he's speaking, um, Elena Cardone. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of speakers. I can't say all the names yet. Cause everybody isn't like hundred percent signed, but like, I know yeah. Damon John for sure. I know, uh, Marlon Wayans for sure. Mm-hmm. Ryan Chu, Elena Cardone, and then me. <laughs> um, yeah. so we're, we'll be doing that. And that's, it's really primarily about cryptocurrency, but just money and wealth in general. And mm-hmm. he, you know, Rodney, who is the mastermind of the event, he really wants this to be for women. Um, you know, who have just been, uh, you know, kind of like off to, to the side and have been marginalized and, and are looking to, to build wealth in a new way. So it's mm-hmm. going to be about cryptocurrency. So that's happening in November. I have some, um, some really fun things coming up. I have an Amazon prime document docuseries that they're coming to film. I can't say too much about that yet, but <laughs> that's happening um, mm-hmm. for Amazon prime. So yeah, just lots of fun projects. And, and you can just follow me on Instagram to, to yeah. hear all that. Great. So on Instagram, are you Tracy Timberlake? Are you Dr. Tracy Timberlake on Instagram? Okay. Tracy Mm -hmm. Timberlake on Instagram. Great. This has been amazing. I love, I love, I love talking to you. Like we could talk 
all day and I can put oh, all your can. business out there about I everything know. you got going on and <laughs> everything I know. But this is really great. Thank you so much for being a part of my podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of my my business growth. Oh, it's, I, it's, believe me, I am humbled every day that I get to do this work. And it's always fun for me to see when people take it and run with it like you have. And you've really built a really cool brand that helps women um, and really supports them in an area of life where they don't often feel supported, which is relationships and, and, and really finding something that's true for themselves. So you're, I love the work that you're doing and I'm just so proud of you. Thank you. I have one last question because I completely forgot. I got so wrapped up in our conversation. Um, so, you know, part of the brand is um, being an executive relationship coach for women. Mm-hmm. And so would what would you say if someone asks you, how how is it as a woman that, you know, has been successful? What is it like in the dating world for you? Yeah. So I have done a lot of work in this particular area over the last year, for sure. Um, maybe a little over a year. I really like started to look at this and ultimately it boils down to what everything boils down to, which is what you believe it to be, right? If you believe that dating is difficult mm-hmm. and it's hard and it's, you know, you're not going to find a person because no one's going to be able to relate to you or no one's like, if that's what you believe in for a long time, that's what I believed. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know how this is going to work. Cause I don't know how people are going to perceive me. Right. Am I going to have to change myself right. in order to be, you know, liked and loved mm-hmm. by a man? Like, am I going to have to do that? Right. And, and I didn't want to, like, that was a, that was a sacrifice that I was just unwilling to make right. and because I thought that that's what I was going to have to do mm-hmm. to find love here in this world. Um, then I just didn't date. Cause I was like, I'm not right. changing myself. Like I am who I am. <laughs> I like myself. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've done so much personal development work to get to where I am. I'm not changing it. You yeah. Know, I, I like myself as I am. Um, and so when I started to make that shift, it was actually pretty instantaneous. Honestly, like when I made the shift and I was like, you know what? No, that is not what I'm going to choose to believe. And I can shift things pretty quickly now at Mm -hmm. this point in my life. Right. Cause I've been doing this work for some time. So once I kind of made the shift, I mean, it was like the floodgates of men opened up. I was like, where are all of these men coming? I mean, literally Anita, and we haven't actually had this conversation yet, but like Literally, I was like, where are they coming from? I'm talking NFL, like previous NFL players, yeah, like uh PhDs, um, like entre- all kinds of entrepreneurs, like all the and I'm like, they're all like they're all here. It started to become right. a game at some point. Like my friends, I'd be like, yeah. okay, guys, let's welcome so-and-so to the, you know, like <laughs> um because <laughs> it started, I was like, where are they coming? It was like literally right. like there were so many. I was like getting yeah. I wasn't overwhelmed, like, oh my god, but I was like this is interesting because in my mind for so long, I thought this yes. is never going to happen, but the I remember that I shifted it, right? <laughs> uh-huh. the that I shifted it, it was like, here they all are in all their glory. Now, what I recognized in doing this is that I am not a person who like, I had to get really honest with myself about how I desired to do this is going to be this. Sorry, this is going to be long. You can cut any of this out, but like, (laughs) um, you know, like I I realized that I was going to have to come up with my, just in like like everything else in life. I had to come up with my own terms and conditions for how I wanted to experience. Yes a man, a, mm-hmm. a, you know, a loving relationship. And I realized like, I am not the kind of person who wants to date a lot. Like there are people who just, they like there, and there are people who teach this and, and that's fine for, if it works for you, like mm-hmm. date a whole bunch of people at one time. I'm like this, I, 
I just, I don't like my energy to be split. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not a person that, that like attaches themselves. So like, so I get it. If you are an attached personality that like, yeah. you, like you, then you may be dating several people is for you because you don't want to be too attached to one person. Right. But I'm also really intuitive with myself. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I, I and recognizing this was so critical for me. I have never been wrong about men that I've dated ever. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that to me was realizing now I might've pretended to not know the truth, right. but ultimately when I really think about it, I like my heart knew very early on, whether it was a person, well, obviously none of those people ended up working out like in the past, yeah. <laughs> like, and my heart knew it. I, I might've just latched on longer because, you know, for whatever fear, but right. I recognize that like, I really know myself and I really know whether or not I feel a connection with the person. Yeah. And so I just felt like I didn't need to do all this dating around and doing like all kinds of things. So, you know, we're just going to stick with one person <laughs> yeah. one person is what we're going to do. And we're going to, we're going to enjoy the journey um, of that. And again, because I feel like I really, really know myself, I can make that decision now. Whereas in the past, I probably wouldn't have been able to. Yeah. And that's the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the whole thing, getting to know yourself. And, mm-hmm. you know, I tell my clients all the time, we go through, you know, different exercises to help them drill down to what it is they want, but you have to do that. You yeah. have to get clear on what love looks like for you, what a mm-hmm. relationship looks like for you, right. what you are willing and are not willing to let go of or change or shift or alter right. whatever in order for you to have, you know, the, the quality of life and love that you want. And that's the most important thing, especially as a woman who is on a mission, a woman who is busy, a successful woman, you have to know, and you have to yeah. find, you have to be able to attract what I call the man that is perfectly imperfect for you. Right. right? He doesn't, he may not work for somebody else, but he, if he fits into mm-hmm. what your vision of your life looks like. And he doesn't require you to change who you are in order to be with him and you can be yourself Mm -hmm. and you feel, then why not? But you got to get to that point first. So important. Right. And recognizing, you know, like if it, and because I talk about desire so much and you know this, like I talk about desire and like the things that we desire, if I, you know, like me desiring to be in a loving, committed relationship and married one day, like that is a true and real desire. D- just in the same way that like building a successful business was a true right. and real desire. And I believe in the power of desire. And I believe that desires come from God and I believe all that stuff. So I'm like, okay, like if this is the desire that I have and it's not something that I can shake, then it must be for me. So I need to get to a place where I'm showing up the right way and I'm doing right. the work and I'm making sure that I'm, uh, you know, knowing myself and being real with myself and being honest with myself about what it is I want and not Mm -hmm. compromising on that. Because I truly think that, you know, like who God has for you is who God has for you. And, um, you know, you'll, you'll, once you get to that place, uh, you'll be committed enough to make it work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Titi. This was amazing. (laughs) Thank you for having me. You are welcome. You are welcome. So I will put all of your links um, in the show notes. So everyone that is listening, you want to head on over to the show notes. You want to check out um, Dr. TT's links or Tracy Timberlake, as you guys know her, but she's Dr. TT to me. <laughs> and feel free to, if you, ha- if you can't find something, figure something out. Um, you need to know where to find Dr. TT. If you can't just reach out to me and I'll be happy to make that connection for you. Until next time. Bye. Bye. So 
what did you think about that? We had a great time, tons of laughs, tons of aha moments, but I want to share with you what my biggest takeaway was from this episode. You know, the biggest takeaway from this episode, as far as I'm concerned, is the fact that regardless to where you are, regardless to what you're doing, make sure that you stay connected to your truth, right? Make sure that you figure out what's working for you. And if it's not working, then figure out what your next move will be and then make that move, whether that is in business or in love. This podcast is all about teaching the happy executive woman how to be happy in both business and in love. That doesn't mean that you're always going to be happy. That doesn't mean that things will be easy. That doesn't mean that you won't have setbacks. That doesn't mean that you won't have disappointments. And that doesn't mean that you won't have a broken heart somewhere along the way. But the goal is for you to continue to keep on moving, keep moving forward, keep striving for what you want, keep striving for your happy, whatever that may be. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast and be sure to like and share. And don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast streaming app. Until next time.